Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But while we are on Bathurst, let's talk Bathurst. Let's talk the great race. They talk about the Melbourne Cup stopping a nation or stopping two nations the first Tuesday in November, I'd argue. When it comes to the supercars, when it comes to Bathurst, um, it's not too far behind in terms of nations stopping to watch one of the great traditions in Australasian sport. David Turner, Mr Motorsport himself, joins us on the programme. David, welcome. Thank you, Mark. I was worried about the age group thing. I thought you were going to break into some sort of age group relating to Bathurst. No, no, no. You're a, you know, age is a, sta- <laughs> age is a state of mind. Um, it, it, look, it is one of those sort of things, though, that does sort of stop the nation, doesn't it? It's so much greater than the sum of its parts, Bathurst. It's more than just a race. Well, yeah, it is. You know, it, it's it's the Australasian equivalent of probably the Indy 500 and, I don't know, pick a Grand Prix, really. But, you know, those are two iconic events and, and people in the States are aware of Bathurst and certainly more aware now that McLaughlin's there. But, yeah, it, it is a it's a unique race. It's the unique uh, jewel in the supercar calendar, um, and it's a it's a hard race to win as well. You know, so there's, it's got lots of things going for it, and it's got history, and history is important in the whole thing, and, and it means a lot. And you've got a lot of heroes that have come out of that place, like you know, legendary things like the, the Moffats and Brocks and Johnsons and so on and so on. You can go back even further. So. Yeah, it's it, it is a race that stops the nation. Certainly, around the start and the finish, it does. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, uh, look, it's it, it's yeah, it's one. I'll say the last year and a half of it, I sort of. I sort of, um, it's similar to watching the back nine on the final day of a golfing major. It's where all the drama happens. It's yep. where people get the yips. It's when uh, mistakes or miscalculations from their team when it comes to tyre changes or fuel changes um, all have a huge impact on the outcome. Well, it's an endurance race at the end of the day. It is a thousand kilometres. It's treated more like a sprint race now. You know, gone are the days where you take it easy for the first couple of hours and then go like hell near the end sort of thing. And again, comparison to the Indy 500, you know, that, that same philosophy. But you've got to be on the pace. You go a lap down, you're in deep trouble. Much bigger lap than Bathurst, obviously, but same same principles apply. You know, as a race team, you can't ever go a lap down. As soon as you're a lap down, it's damn hard to get it back. Um, so there's a there's a lot of variable factor in there, and you've got to be in the hunt. You know, at India, it's in the last 25 laps. At Bathurst, it's certainly that last half hour. It's critical, and there's time management, there's fuel management. It's a team game as well. It's not just the drivers. And I think this year, more than probably what we've seen in the last few years, the weather is going to play a major part in this race this year, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, when it comes to Bathurst itself, when it comes to the track, it must be unique. Are there many racing circuits around the world that have a Mount Panorama that actually have a serious hill climb in them? <laughs> uh, there was one in um, in Czechoslovakia, Bruno, that was a street circuit that had a, a pretty good reputation to it. But, you know, Bathurst is very unique. And I, I think the thing that television doesn't portray 
you know, having been there quite a few times and, and made television over there as well, is how steep that climb is. The car works very hard getting up the hill and you carry a lot of speed across the top of the hill and equally you, you carry a lot coming back down the hill when you come back through Forest Elbow and, you know, and then back down the, the long Conrod Strait. It's, it is a very, very steep climb and television just... It just doesn't quite do that justice, you know, that the car, as I said, it works real hard getting up that hill, um, but you've got to carry that momentum and uh, it's, it makes it very unique and the elevation changes are, you know, they, they are pretty amazing uh, and certainly firsthand they're even more amazing. Yeah, just over 6.2 kilometres a lap. I would imagine that would make it one of the longest racetracks in the world too, wouldn't it? It's certainly up there, you know, there's tracks in Germany and stuff that are way longer than that, you know, like Nuremberg Ring and stuff like like that. But, you know, for a touring car race, it, it, it's it's way up there. Um, you couldn't create a shortcut around it because it, it wouldn't work anyway. But, um, you know, the, the, it's it's a unique event, Mark. It, it really is. And, and it is an event that you mark a date in your calendar for. And again, you know, the comparison to the 500, people remember who won Bathurst, but they may not necessarily remember who won a championship. Mm. And uh, that's quite often the case. You could probably rattle off a whole bunch of Bathurst winners, but then you've got to go, now, who won that supercar championship, mm. you know? And then to a driver, same again, same comparison. What's more important, winning Bathurst or winning a, a championship? And I'm sure, you know, drivers would, would go, you know, in both mm. directions on that one. Mm. So there's a lot to play for. The teams have a lot of prestige in it. Um, you know, and obviously you've still got a manufacturer battle between effectively Ford and Holden. We'll call them Ford and Chevrolet now, but um, there's a lot to play for, and the fans love it. You know, it's a great fan event. It's got a lot of spice around it, shall we say. There's a unique atmosphere that's unique to Bathurst, and the support program's equally as good. So it, it is a great event. It's marketed very well by supercars, uh, you know, and if you're watching it on television, I actually think that's the best place to watch it, really, in many, many ways. You, you understand the race so much better and see so much more than possibly being there at the trade-off of the atmosphere of, of being there. There's, you know, there's always a trade-off, and both, both scenarios are great. And there's a great Kiwi factor to it as well. You know, there's a great Kiwi history there with, you know, what Greg Murphy did years ago with the, as it's nicknamed, the lap of the gods and, and the speed that he did and the time that he did around that. McLaughlin's been around there. You know, you've got a great field of Kiwis in there this year. They're all highly competitive. Um, and again, you know, the forecast for this year is four days of rain. So it will always claim a victim and there will be victims and it's a case of making sure you're not one of those victims mm. and being there you know at the end of 161 laps to take that checkered flag well the thing is too and if it suddenly clears up then you've got to make the decisions on your tires which adds another dynamic in, and there are limits around that in regards to the setting up of the cars we know that in indy cars if you're on an oval circuit you're going to set your car up very differently than say what you're on a street circuit is there much room in these is there much room to maneuver in regards to the aerodynamics and the setup of a car yeah, there's a little bit. It's 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 a controlled category, a little bit like say IndyCar is and, and and stuff like that. But equally, the the biggest variable factor will be uh, again what the weather does. Uh, you'll make the car a lot softer if it's uh, wet, um, just to to try and make the car balance overall better. Uh, and you won't you, you don't necessarily need that so much on a dry circuit because your mm. your cornering speeds and your terminal speed is that much mm. quicker. So um, that, that will be the big factor for the teams. If they feel that Sunday is a marginal day, shall we say, where it, it may not be raining flat out and it, and it may clear, 
not saying that it's going to because the forecast I've seen is pretty gloomy. Um, but if it does, then you've got to roll the dice on how you set the car up initially because you're going to be stuck with that for most of the race. So there's, there's quite a bit of um, strategy that's going to come into play on, on those sorts of things. And then it's drivers adapting to that as well. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's very, Bathurst is quite interesting. You know, I've been there, as I said, quite a few times and I've I've been there on, a, say, a Thursday or a Friday and it's been freezing cold and it's actually snowed at the top of the mountain and then come Sunday I've got sunburn. So it, it can change dramatically fast around Bathurst uh, and the weather rolls in across from the Blue Mountain area uh, into there and, yeah, you, you can suddenly have your thermals out in the morning and then have your shorts on in the afternoon sort of thing. So, Anything is possible, and that's that's what makes it such a, an interesting race as well, because the drivers and teams have to combat all of those scenarios. My guest is David Turner, a motorsport expert. We are talking Bathurst countdown to the great race Sunday, New Zealand time. Looking at the uh, TAB odds in Australia, they've got Van Gisbergen and Tander as the race favourites. Davison and Davison second. Mostat and Coulthard, uh, Cameron currently is third favourites alongside of Waters and Moffat. Uh, do you see it that way? Um, I think that the combination of Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander is incredibly strong. You know, Tander's driven, you know, as a as a lead driver for many many years. Uh, he's got great knowledge around there. They're in a triple eight engineered car, which is, you know, certainly a very strong car. Um, seeing Van Gisbergen here last week for the rally, he's very relaxed right now. He knows obviously he's got a job to do this weekend, but you know, a relaxed Shane Van Gisbergen in my eyes is one that all the fellow competitors need to be afraid of because he tends to deliver the goods when he's in and that sort of thing. But you know, it's one thing to take pole position there, just as, again, just like Indy, but pole position doesn't win you the race. Um, and, and things can happen, multiple pit stops, multiple chances mm. for errors. I think that, that scenario that you've just read out is probably not too bad. I think the, the Chaz Mostert, uh, Fabian Coulthard combination is, is not bad too, because again, you're mm. looking at effectively an X number one driver teamed up with a number one driver. So it's a very strong driving combination, mm. just as the Tander Van Gisbergen one is. Um, but, you know, there's probably sometimes there's always a dark horse. So, you know, wait and see where they come from. I certainly liked what I saw with Andre Heimgartner here at Pukekohe only a few weeks back. Um, he's a driver that could fly under the radar as a New Zealander. So I kind of got a little bit of a, I'd put five cents there and say, you know, let's see if he can get on the podium. That would be pretty impressive in, in the car he's in as well. So, And then you've got the wild card entries. You know, Craig Lowndes is back in a wild card in, entry. And then, of course, the Kiwi Classic car number 51 with Murphy and Stanaway in it is a wild card entry. So, you know, there's, there's some interesting combinations in there, Mark. Yeah, I want to talk about Richie Stanaway because he sort of walked away from sport in 2019 at 27. Um, you know, previously won the German Formula 3 Championship. He won races for Aston Martin in the World Endurance Championship, competed in GP2, disillusioned racing in Europe, realised that, you know, it wasn't going to be based on merit and getting a drive in Formula 1. He basically had had millions of dollars backing him, never really settled into supercars. Uh, tell us a little bit about this guy and what is so pleasing about having him back. Well, he went through, as you, you know, we've talked about many times, you know, he went through the Elite Motorsport Academy, so he's a graduate of the academy, and we actually um, did a President's Scholarship uniquely for him uh, in the UK a few years ago to help him out with some public speaking and stuff because that was an area that he wasn't comfortable in. Um, 
And I think that helped him in the long run because it just didn't come naturally to him and he didn't necessarily understand all the facets of how important that was. And that's not taken away from his very good natural talent that he had behind the steering wheel. Um, I think he found Europe hard at the end of the day. He's certainly a gifted driver. Um, and, then, you know, his heart probably may not have been in it in, in the supercar period. Uh, a few things didn't necessarily fall his way. And he made what I think is probably a pretty brave decision for a professional racing driver. He walked away, you know, and he probably walked away in many ways in a, in a good thing because he didn't do himself any harm or any of his competitors any harm. Not saying that he was going to, but, you know, it's very much a, a philosophy of the, the late Nicky Lauda is, if you're not happy behind the wheel, don't sit behind the wheel, you know, and, and he walked away multiple times from Formula One. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see Richie back in a car. He is more than capable of doing the deed, uh, rest assured on that. And teaming up with Murphy, I actually think it's probably quite a strong combination. Um, there'll be some things that probably have to come into play to get them there. But again, you wouldn't rule them out of being on the podium, that's for sure. I want to talk about um, you've got the, the the number one driver and then you've got the co-driver. What is the responsibility of the co-driver? How hard are they allowed to push? Are they pushing as hard as as, as the number one driver? Yeah, at times, definitely. Um, you know, their, their, their job is to hand the car back to the, the normal regular driver who's also racing for the championship points. So there's two scenarios in there. You know, one, it's about winning Bathurst. But, you know, for a driver who's then teaming up with a co-driver, you know, so let's look at Van Gisberg, not that it's necessarily an issue this year, but he's relying on Tander keeping the car straight so that uh, they get maximum championship points to keep his championship alive. So there's that scenario. Then there's the one about, you know, winning the race. So, yeah, their, their expectation is keep the car straight. That's the first thing. Keep it on a, a pace that the team deem necessary for it to be driven at. Uh, so that it puts the number one driver in, in the best possible mode to, to do what he's got to do. How teams play that strategy out about, you know, which driver starts and which driver finishes, that's generally an, a, a team thing. And there's any combination and logic behind that. Um, when you've got match drivers like a Tander and a Van Gisberg and, and that sort of thing, or a Mostert and Coulthard, it, it doesn't really matter. I don't think that comes into play. They've all got experience of both parts of that role so then it's just a, a, a constant you know pace maintain that pace and 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 do what you've got to do so there's a lot of pressure on a co-driver in the sense that they don't spend as much time in a car across the season they have a, a testing opportunity but it's not the same as driving the car for a full season that's for sure with all the crashes and the restarts um is it is it a necessity to push that hard early on in this race knowing that at times, even if you got yourself out two, three, four-second lead, at some point it's going to come back because of the accidents, because of the flags? Um, I, again, I think the most important thing is stay on the lead lap. Just stay on the lead lap. Stay within that. Uh, and then, you know, once you get more than halfway, that's when you probably start to play your hand. But you've, you've got to stay on that lead lap early on. Don't get involved in, you know, silly stuff or heroic stuff early on because it's only going to come back and bite you. So you've got to be there, you know, at the gravy stroke part of the race and you've got to have the car in a position to be there. So you kind of break the race into various segments. By the halfway stage, ideally you want to be in the top 10 uh, and then start to make your way forward from there. Again, just like the Indy 500, you know, stay on the lead lap, 
be there at lap 100, be there at lap 150, and the same at Bathurst, you just break it down. So at lap 80, you've got to be somewhere, you know, bearing in mind that you're chasing lap 161. So, um, yeah, lead lap's the most critical, but the pace will be dictated by whoever's out front. If they want to go, then you've got to keep up with them because you can't run the risk of falling behind. Even though a yellow will bring the field back into contention again, you can't guarantee that that yellow is necessarily going to come. Certainly higher risk if it's wet all day. Absolutely no doubt about it because there'll be all sorts of other variables that come into play. But as we know, there'll be a yellow. It's just a case of when. And generally another yellow is not too far behind the first one. You know, yellows breed yellows, as they say. And and that's quite true. But yeah, you've just got to stay in the hunt. As soon as you slip off that, it's so hard to get back. Okay, uh, look, um, David, now I understand, just changing subject here, I understand that you've potentially got a motorsport documentary in the making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know what you call it, Mark, I think you call it a passion project. A passion um, project, okay, so it's a, it's a love story, is it? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah, it's something that I've wanted to make for a long time, and I, I'm obviously I'm seeking funding for it at the moment. I've been talking to a few people just to get a few investors behind it because, like anything, you've got to pay some hard cost bills, no matter how much you donate yourself. But uh, it, it's the story about New Zealanders in America because, as you well know, I know the IndyCar scene very well and, and the feeder series. So at the moment, potentially, we've got five drivers up there with both the Scots and IndyCar, Hunter McRae and Indy Lights, and then Billy Fraser and Jacob Douglas, um, and USF 2000 all signed and good to go for next year. But behind those guys is a whole bunch of New Zealanders that the public don't really know about, and I want to expose that as well. So there's something like oh, over 20 guys that work in the, across the multiple IndyCar teams that are all Kiwis that will all eventually come home one day, and they all hold very respective roles up there, and they're the heroes of the sport that don't often get seen. And then there's another bunch of Kiwis outside of that that live in Indianapolis that do stuff from carbon fibre fabrication to laying vinyl wraps onto transporters and invented the process on how to do that. And they're all New Zealanders who will one day come home as well. So the documentary is kind of, uh, it's David Turner meets a Netflix type style thing uh, whereby we follow the five New Zealand drivers across the IndyCar season at various races, not all of them, um, but then uncover all of these Kiwis across the season as well. So, yeah, if I can get the funding for it, that's kind of a just a it's a project that I'd very much like to be able to tell as a television maker as a story because I just think it's it's worthy of being documented in history. And I I spent quite a lot of time trying to find vision of Denny Holm at Indianapolis, you know, and and Amon and McLaren and stuff, and it's it's virtually non-existent and then there's a whole era of drivers that are kind of missing like the Beards and Radisic when he won the World Touring Car Cup there's very very little footage of that and very under-acknowledged all the other Kiwis that are involved at that time so yeah that's kind of what I want to do and I want to base it around the US and then if it's successful do another one in Australia because it's the same thing there's there's more than just the drivers that we've just talked about tonight. Okay, David, well, if there is somebody out there listening that happens to have some money, who happens to be passionate about motorsport, wants to help leave a legacy, what's the best way of getting in touch? Um, just through, through you know, my, my website, which is Perspective Group Limited, so ltdforthelimited.com. Um, there's, a, there's a mailer thing on there. And, uh, you know, I'm just seeking, you know, 
it's it's not about me trying to make money out of it. As I said, it's a passion project, so I'm donating a hell of a lot to it as well, but I, I need to cover some funding on it. And I, I just think it's a great story. It's the legacy of motorsport in many ways. And uh, again, when this era passes us, which it will soon, because Dixon ain't going to be racing forever, the story starts to come mm. to a bit of an end. And, and there's some great stories, you know. There's just absolutely phenomenal stories like, you know, Blair Julian from... Taranaki that started out as a building apprentice went to the States and now he's a team manager at Chikanasi Racing, mm. you know. Who would have thought of that for a boy from Stratford? Yeah, no, I love those stories too. The B-side of New Zealand sport. David, we will leave it there. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, I expect you to be flicking between Bathurst and the Hawaii Ironman, big guy. Uh, I Well, I've got a bit of a date with Bathurst and yeah, I might watch a bit of that. Be rude Hawaii not to, David. Be rude not, to, David. be rude not to, David. Be rude not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go for a run down the beach. How's that sound? Sounds brilliant. Hey, lovely to have you on the program. There you go. David Turner talking all things Bathurst.